What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over here at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Today, we are looking ahead to the offseason, trying to figure out who might be traded in the 2021 offseason. Of course, that will have an impact on your card investments. Oftentimes, trades do lead to a rampant surge in a player's value and a player's demand. So we're going to be looking ahead, trying to figure that out. Uh, let's get right into it. Before we get there, perhaps you saw the headlines at the end of last week, but somewhat surprisingly, Dwayne Wade became a partial owner of the Utah Jazz of all teams. Uh, here was the headline on ESPN as reported on by Adrian Wojnarowski. Dwayne Wade buys ownership stake in Utah Jazz, wants hands-on role. And it's that last part that's rather interesting to me. Uh, here's a quote from the article. This goes way beyond the dream I had to just play basketball in the NBA, Wade told ESPN. I've seen Shaq do it in Sacramento. I've seen Grant Hill do it in Atlanta. I've seen Jordan do it in Charlotte. If this partnership is going to be anything like my relationship is with Ryan, and, and that's Ryan being Ryan Smith, the majority owner of the Utah Jazz. So if this partnership is going to be anything like my relationship is with Ryan, there are going to be a lot of things that I'll want to be involved in. Uh, for someone as image conscious and, and brand minded as Dwayne Wade is, I can think of a lot of different ways he might want to be involved in the jazz operations, all of which I really think could just elevate the jazz overall, you know, jazz's overall national recognition. Uh, you think of when Jay-Z bought a stake in the New Jersey Nets, and, and no offense to my Nets fans out there, uh, but that really was just not a very cool franchise for the majority of their history. And then when Jay-Z became more intimately involved, he was you know, instrumental in the team's move to Brooklyn. Uh, they built the Barclays Center and essentially rebranded the entire organization in Jay-Z's image. And even though he gave up his ownership stake shortly after that, the organization's national profile really changed pretty dramatically in conjunction with all of that. I don't know that Dwayne Wade's ownership stake in the Jazz will change too much, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had some positive effect on the overall perception of the team. Uh, the Jazz have long been an NBA nerd organization, but they've never really been what you might call a, a, a cool team. Uh, but maybe that will change now that Dwayne Wade's involved. Uh, here was what the Miami Heat owner, Mickey Arison, had to say. He said, I want, this was in a tweet, he said, I want to congratulate Dwayne on his recent announcement. We had discussed having him join our ownership group after his retirement, but he was not prepared to commit at the time. Of course, I am disappointed that he didn't reconsider. Uh, so a bit of an underhanded congratulations, perhaps, throwing a bit of shade with the, you know, not prepared to commit comment. But if I'm reading between the lines here, it sounds like he definitely had some similar conversations with the Heat which obviously would have made much more sense as far as you know our associations go. But the Jazz must have just made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. Maybe it was just a bigger stake in the team. Maybe they offered him that larger involvement in the team that he was looking for. I don't know any of this, obviously. Uh, but and it, and it won't have any sort of immediate impact on cards or anything like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if eventually a player of Donovan Mitchell's ilk was thought of maybe a little bit differently and perhaps it had higher demand overall in the card market uh, just due to the association on the team as, as a, a maybe a cooler team, hopefully. Uh, so who knows? Lots of hypotheticals, but it is kind of fun to think about. And this is just one of those minor things that I think will absolutely have a trickle down effect on the card market eventually. Next bit of news. 
Uh, it's much more immediately relevant in terms of our basketball cards. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies PR team tweeted out their injury report on Sunday Sunday evening for tonight's game, tonight being Monday, April 19th. The big takeaway was that Jaron Jackson Jr. was listed as doubtful, which is the first meaningful update on his status that we've seen in pretty much all season. Uh, this is an upgrade over his previous status, which was just out and a clear indication that a return to the court should be coming soon. Uh, the estimate for quite some time has been that he'll be returning near the end of April, and that timeline is looking more accurate now after this latest report. So this is good news for Triple J investors. I have no idea what he's going to be looking like when he returns to the court, but I am a pretty big JJJ fan, so this is really just good news all around, and you can do with that news whatever you will. And that brings us to the main topic of consideration for today, and that is off-season trade candidates. And we're obviously still in the season, so this might seem a bit premature, but these are absolutely conversations that front offices are having around the league at the moment, and it's better for us to be prepared early than trying to catch up in the off-season once everyone else turns their attention this direction too. And I think this is a good thought exercise because we've seen frequently in the past that a player move, you know, a player's movement can really spur a lot of action on the card marketplace. For instance, probably the best example of this, Anthony Davis. Here is his 2012 Prism PSA 10 rookie card chart for all of 2019. Uh, just an obscene amount of growth and you know growth in number of transactions in the latter half of the year, as you can see. And Anthony Davis was traded right about here on June 17th, 2019. You can see very clearly what that did to his card market uh, for the second half of that, that calendar year. Uh, renewed interest in an immediate increase in prices that, that followed right after that. Uh, so it's a rather dramatic demonstration of this idea that once a player is traded, it can really lead to increased demand, increased prices as well. Um, that certainly had to do with him being traded to the number one NBA market in the league with the Los Angeles Lakers. We've also seen it with more minor stars as well. For instance, a little less dramatic representation of this with perhaps a little more noise on the graph, but that's Chris Stapps Porzingis, who was traded from the New York Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks. That trade took place on February 1st, 2019, which is right about there on the chart. Uh, in the following months, there was quite a bit of growth, you know, much more growth than his card had seen since his knee injuries. Uh, there was a bit of a lull then after some mediocre months. And then in the end of February, early March, he strung together games of 28, 24, 38, 34, and 26 points, which really just reinvigorated his market. So if you're looking at the graph, you can see it drop down a bit and then skyrocket back up. Uh, overall, quite a bit of growth post-trade, which just was not being realized while he was still in New York. So that brings us to our consideration for today, which is attempting to project which star level players might be on the move this offseason. Now, we've seen so much movement every offseason in the NBA with even top 20 players regularly on the move. Some of that movement will take place this offseason and some of it will affect the involved players sports card markets. So I'm going to be presenting five players that could be on the move. Some are much more high profile than others, and some I feel more strongly about their potential to move. In any case, I think it's a good exercise to get us thinking forward about different ways we might capitalize this offseason. First trade candidate, which I feel most strongly about is uh, that about actually being traded, is D'Angelo Russell of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I you know, talked about Carl Anthony Towns in recent weeks and his potential to be traded. And I don't want to torture any Minnesota fans out there, so we'll be talking about D'Angelo Russell instead. I don't believe that this would move the needle on the card market nearly as much as his all-star teammate would if he were traded, but there still would be some fan for D'Angelo 
fanfare for D'Angelo Russell. Of course, ever since teaming up the two best friends in Minnesota, things haven't exactly improved. They're only 25 and 47 since that swap of Andrew Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell. And the Wolves currently have the worst record in the entire league, although D'Angelo Russell has missed the majority of his games this season. In any case, after drafting Anthony Edwards last year and likely drafting in the top three this year, uh, it seems most likely to me that D'Angelo Russell will want to move on from the team. I can't imagine Minnesota fighting against that too strongly. So he's my number one most likely trade candidate. Could bring some excitement to a new fan base. And if his teammate Carl Anthony Towns is traded, he'll have a huge impact on the card market. But I'm just not going to be putting him on my graphic today. Next up, don't know how likely I would call it since it is difficult to trade real superstar level players, but as the rumors have persisted for several years, it wouldn't be a huge surprise to see Bradley Beal back in the trade rooms this offseason. The Wizards are surging of late, uh, winners of six of the last seven games with another likely win tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, you would know the outcome of that game by the time this video airs, but even so, that only puts them in just about a three-way tie for the 10th seed and the opportunity at a play-in game to try to get to the postseason. They're not exactly talking about a historic team or anything like that. Now, the Wizards have long said that they don't have any interest in trading Beal. Uh, Beal has echoed those comments and, and always talked about you know, how much he likes DC, talking really glowingly about the organization and the fan base. Still... He will be a 28-year-old next season, right smack dab in the middle of his athletic prime, and he will also likely be the most in demand that he's ever been. You know, would be wise for the Wizards to start pivoting towards the youth, acknowledging that their next window of contention will likely be past Bradley Beal's prime. And if he is moved, which I think they probably should do, I would expect a rather large boost in his card market. Might be a bit of a surprise next on the list, this list, but I'm trying to think outside of the box a bit. Yeah, my next off-season trade candidate to watch is Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. Probably the least likely to be traded from my five, but in thinking about it, I sort of expect trade talks around the Cameroonian native this off-season to begin. Uh, Masai Ujiri is you know, an absolute wizard in the front office, and he's not one to shy away from making big moves. Even in recent years, we saw the team trade away one of the more prominent and beloved rappers, Raptors in franchise history. That was DeMar DeRozan. Clearly, that worked out really well for the team. Uh, the team is also actively was also actively shopping Kyle Lowry this trade deadline. You know they shipped out Norman Powell. The Raptors are showing that they're definitely open for business now. Trading Siakam might not make much sense on the surface, but he is 27 years old. He's owed 100 million dollars over the next three years, and he's been one of the leaders on a team that's currently been very disappointing. And there's probably a number of reasons for that, including the fact that they've been playing in Tampa all year. Uh, but again, it's. It, been a disappointing year for them. So again, not exactly sure how likely it would be, but the Raptors tend to make pretty smart roster decisions. And Siakam would be a name that could really put another team over the top and also excite that fan base at the next at the same time. So just another name for you to watch. Next up, could have included either of two teammates, teammates from the Indiana Pacers. But I went with DeMontis Sabonis, although Miles Turner is probably also equally likely to be traded. In any case, I imagine the the team will try to trade one of their two-star big men. Uh, why Sabonis over Turner? Uh, simply because Sabonis would command a much better return than Turner would, and I don't think they would move on from Turner if the return wasn't going to really bolster the team in any meaningful way. But they'll likely try to move on from one of them, in my opinion, or I, I think they really should. 
Uh, They haven't been terribly injured this season. TJ Warren has missed most of the games on the roster. Uh, He's been out since game four. He was out for the season with a foot injury. Jeremy Lamb missed the first 13 games of the season. Obviously, after trading for Karis LeVert, he ended up missing 23-ish games, I think it was, ever since he came over from Brooklyn. But outside of that, they've enjoyed a rather healthy season from their core. Uh, Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, Justin and Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, all of them have had relatively good health all season. And yet they've gone from being 45 and 28 last year in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference all the way down to currently four games below 500 in ninth place in the East. So it's clearly not what they had in mind. Uh, The clearest path forward for them returning to relevance near the top of the Eastern Conference would be trading one of their two big men. And I'm quite certain they're already dipping their toes in the water of trade talks as we speak. Last up, probably the least exciting trade candidate, but one that's probably also pretty likely in my opinion is Buddy Heald with the 23 and 34 Sacramento Kings. I do believe that both he and his teammate Marvin Bagley will probably be on the move this offseason, and any excitement those trades generate will have mostly to do with what their trade destination ends up being. If Bagley is traded to a team without much currently to show for it, you know, like a, a Detroit Pistons perhaps, I could imagine a fair amount of optimism for his situation with the added playing time and, and less pressure upon his shoulders. Uh, if Buddy Heald is traded to a contending team that just needs a bit more shooting, I could see quite a bit of optimism surrounding that trade too. He's currently owed $60 million over the next three years, which really isn't all that untradeable in today's NBA. Uh, not an all-star level player perhaps, but a big enough name that he could create waves if traded, particularly to the right team. A uh, number of other names that might be on the move this offseason. I really think that if you plan accordingly, you could stand to make some nice money just by planning ahead. Of course, it's all guesswork at this point who will be on the move, but it's kind of fun to think ahead and try and guess anyways. All right, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate your time, and we'll see you again next week.